another edition of Stoner Origins. I'm Nicole and today I have with me a very special guest. Um, everybody welcome Mrs. Smokey McSmokerson and Mr. McSmokerson. Hi! <laughs> it's lovely to have both of you on the show. I've been following um, CC for uh, a while now I think and I just love her story and I feel like she's just strong bright person and i love your energy you're always smiling and dancing so thank you for being on the show well thanks for having us we really appreciate it yeah thank you yeah i would love to just you know give you guys another medium to get your story out there because i do find that the more we can unite in the cannabis community the better that we all are and we find we have so much in common more than we don't so um, it's great to have you guys absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely true. We tend to find a little more generosity in our community. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, a lot more love, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. I think the only two communities that have ever, like, been, like, solid, like, felt comfortable from the beginning is, like, yoga and stoners. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> so the only two communities. <laughs> yes, and when you combine the two, it's even better. <laughs> oh, yes. One of my friends lives in Michigan, and they have um, this program called Elevated Yoga where they smoke and then they do yoga there. Oh, I want to try that class so bad. That's a beautiful thing. Oh, me too. I love do you know, smoking something really good and it's so relaxing and uh and before meditation too. It just feels like a yes. different experience. Mm-hmm. All right, well you guys, um before we get really in depth with the show, I always say where you can find me. You can find me on uh Instagram at Nicole Cush two eighteen. You can go to the show's page uh zend out podcast now we have a page on instagram so you can find us on there and um, you can also go to our website zendoutpodcast.com you can find um just some more details about the show more details about the guests that have been on stoner origins and then um other stuff there so and where can they go to find you all right and you guys do you have anything else you'd like to shout out real quick before we get into the whole episode um we have a gofundme set up as well and that w.gofundme.com uh backslash crusade for cannabis for cc all right you guys so, yeah go visit that and if you guys can support and help them it would be much appreciated we all try to support each other in this community so yeah, absolutely. yes it's a fundraiser for us to move from texas to colorado so that we can get um to a legal state so we have better access to cannabis for our entire family yeah that's great you know if anything helps i mean i know a lot of people don't have a lot but I mean even a dollar here or there I'm sure it helps I'm sure they'll appreciate yeah, it 
or sharing our story, sharing our story it helps so much too because that just gives us a wider audience as well. Yeah, for sure. So we really appreciate that so much, more than anything. And we love to see people's responses about it. Before we get into it too deep, because I feel myself about to ask a bunch of questions, let's first have a little smoke sesh. So you guys, um, grab your bongs, grab your pipes, grab your joints. Everybody, just relax and let's light it up. back and i hope everybody enjoyed whatever they were smoking on um but (laughs) and i just wanted to uh really get down and talk to cc and bill about just how their experience has been and um kind of their journey from um where they've been before till now and how they got to you know being on instagram and and reaching out and inspiring people because they inspire me i see them going through so much and it's really inspiring to know that they keep going and cc's always got a big smile on her face and i love it so uh cc where did you where'd you grow up um, I kind of uh, grew up all over Texas, but um, I landed in probably spent most of my childhood in Plano, Texas, um, which is a suburb of Dallas, Texas. It was a, a, a pretty good experience living there. I met a lot of uh, really neat people, and um, I, had a, I had a good time living there yeah. for a while. I've literally never been to Texas. I've always been a West Coast. I, I Actually, I was born in California and raised in California. So I feel like it's like a, to me, it was always like a different, almost felt like a different country, even though I've never been there. But hearing about it, I always felt like it was so different. Have you ever been on um, the West Coast, California and stuff? Oh, I was actually born in California myself. Oh, nice. And Texas is not only just like a different country, it's more like a different planet <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah see i felt like i had that feeling being a californian i'm like it feels like another planet <laughs> that they're on but <laughs> you know it's maybe it's just the californian in me i'm just so used to just liberal you know more open-minded individuals so <laughs> absolutely there's none of them here no <laughs> everybody there taught us to 
um, do not do drugs. It was dare, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in that time, and um, Nancy Reagan and the dog and all of that was big in our schools, and so I really didn't think much about marijuana, to be honest, and I didn't know anybody who did marijuana, who smoked marijuana in, in high school even. Oh, wow. And Yeah, it, so, yeah. Were your parents kind of, you know, the same mindset? You know, were they very, like, no to cannabis, no to anything? Um, we didn't really talk a whole lot about that in my house. Um, my mom was an RN. My stepmom was an RN. My dad was an engineer. Um, I mean, we sort of touched on it here and there. The drugs were not good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't say anything specific about marijuana. That didn't really happen until later, I think, till I was more of an adult and I had those discussions with my dad. Mm-hmm. But, um... At that time, we just we just kind of knew that drugs just weren't okay. It was just not okay to, to do. And I didn't really have any friends that did that, so it really wasn't an issue for me in high school. Gotcha. And what was your first experience, or how old were you when you first began using cannabis? I was 21 when I first smoked cannabis. Bill had a different experience, but let me tell mine first. Okay, so I was 21 when I um, smoked cannabis for the first time, and I did it alone with a really good friend. We had a really good time. We just laughed, listened to music, watched movies, and ended up at the grocery store with the munchies. (laughs) Great. (laughs) That was pretty hilarious. I mean, we were pretty funny at the store, but other than that, it was... It was just a cool experience. I had fun doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but Bill has a different... Yeah, what was yours like, Bill? <laughs> the first first time I smoked pot, I was 11. Oh, wow. And I didn't actually start smoking it every day, though, until I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I grew up in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and it was... Uh, readily available always everywhere yeah um, so it was real easy to get just you know some Mexican pot and and, uh, and that's what I grew up on yeah for uh, sure once I, once I got to high school I started discovering you know that they grew pot in Eureka California that was a little bit different yeah <laughs> <laughs> and did you uh <clears throat> And for both of you, was it anything that you thought, like, later on, it would just totally... Like, did you know the medical benefits back then, or was that something you discovered as as you went on? You know, I didn't really think about the medical benefits back then, but I had my, I've had migraines when I was a child, and um, smoking pot always helped it. I, I definitely... Um came across that experience. I was diagnosed with bipolar. This is a misdiagnosis. It's like a, um, a precursor sort of to Huntington's disease. It's supposed to be like a symptom of Huntington's disease. And um, I, uh, when, they, when they told me that, I was smoking pot here and there, and I noticed that my pot smoking increased, and the more it increased, the better I felt. Mm-hmm. So that's the first time I ever really noticed 
that pot helped me medicinally. And, and I was 30, oh, I don't know. It was like in 2006, I think, when I noticed that. And it was 2008 when I actually wrote an article for help.com about it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go. Let's talk about that that whole journey of now, because I know you do have uh, Huntington's disease. So let's talk about that journey. How did that kind of evolve? When did that all start? Like, when did you first notice something was changing? I would say from the time I was um, ten, mm-hmm. um, I knew that there was something um, different about me. <clears throat> I've been sick pretty much my entire life since then with different things. It started with depression when I was younger, and um, then it just, you know, it escalated to more psychiatric illnesses like ADHD and depression and stuff like that, and then I started having movements in my 30s. I thought it was carpal tunnel disease, actually. Um, When I went to go see the doctors, I would complain about my wrists. And my left wrist in particular, they were like, well, but your right wrist has the one that has carpal tunnel, so we're going to do surgery on that. They did, and the left one never got done because the right one hurt so bad after they did it. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to. I felt like it it lost strength, and I didn't want that to happen to the left hand, so I never got it done. But that's when the symptoms started, and the symptoms just got worse where I would have movements where I just move for no reason for just involuntary involuntary movements it started at night um, when my dad was my dad was uh, passing away and um, it started around that same time stress makes it worse mm-hmm. and so um, I, I would have like I'd fall asleep at night try to put my hand underneath my pillow to get my hand to stop moving on the you know from going back and forth on the sheets mm-hmm. just so I could go to sleep <clears throat> that's how it first started and then it moved to other body parts. So I have it all over my body now where that happens. Gotcha. And I so. know that that has to be hard, you know, especially it's something that it seemed like it almost progressed. It went from like an emotional, you know, more of an emotional to now physical. And I'm sure that had to be hard for you. Absolutely. It was very difficult. I mean, the amount of doctors that told me that I was crazy. I mean, every single doctor who saw me told me I was nuts. And that... Because we couldn't find anything wrong with her. They technically couldn't find it, or they couldn't find it according to their diagnosis tools, exactly what was wrong with me until I begged for a test. And I had to literally beg for it. Yeah. And the, the doctor did not believe it would come back positive, And it did. He was surprised. Yeah, I feel like now it's just, uh, <clears throat> I'm noticing with a lot of modern medicine and doctors, like, you have to almost push for your own health. You have to be an advocate of your own health, and it's not a a personal relationship anymore, you know? I find that my friends and I were talking about, you know, back in the day, way before, you know, maybe our time, um, there used to be doctors that came to the house and they knew family and, you know, they could really know a person and they knew you from, like, when you were a child up. And I feel like now doctors are just in and out and it's just another business. It's just, like, another business well, transaction. It is. It's, it's not health care anymore. It's disease control. 
Well, you know, when the doctor looks at you, and Huntington's doctors in particular look at you, and they say, okay, well, in order for you to have a Huntington's diagnosis, you have to have this, 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 and this. You have to have proof that you have a family member um, before you that had Huntington's disease that you inherited it from. And that's almost difficult to do when you haven't had a trail of family members like that or you've had family members die of whatever. And they just diagnosed, I mean, they just came up with Huntington's disease in the 90s, supposedly, but it's been around a long time. This has been happening a long time to people, but they didn't really have a way to diagnose it until they came up with the DNA test. And so there's lots of people out there who may have Huntington's disease and may not even know it because their family member died um, early and they don't know what happened to their family member exactly or they might have thought it was Alzheimer's but it was really Huntington's and there's a lot of misdiagnoses out there because there's a lot of doctors who care more about that 15 minutes than the entire big picture exactly I mean I have health care where you know I've been saying for a while I have a slip disc I have a slip disc and they're like oh no you're fine you're fine and then they finally did an x-ray and they're like oh you have a slip disc and I was like no shit Sherlock (laughs) I told you that (laughs) so you have to push for your own health and and that's why I love what you're doing because you're showing people hey this could be something and I'm trying to cure it with with cannabis and this could be happening to you and I'm sure people have reached out to you and go I do have those symptoms or I do you know have this or that that happens a lot actually and um, the biggest question I get is how could I not be doing this on pharmaceuticals and you know cannabis for me doesn't take care of everything just yet you know it's, it's, it's a process it takes time with with um, RSO and concentrates and everything Mm -hmm. and for the disease that I have because it begins in the endocannabinoid system that that's going to just take me a little bit longer and then I do get those questions about you know how I can be doing this without prescription drugs and you know there's a lot of herbs besides cannabis that help so much like holy basil in particular is amazing and the com- combination of the two together is phenomenal. And there are so many herbs out there that people are just not aware of. Like one of my favorite herbs is uh, marshmallow root. Marshmallow root does so many things for the, for the digestive tract, which actually helps the brain heal. And a lot of people don't know about all of those things. But I'm happy because cannabis has come out, so then they think, oh, that's an herb. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so that broadens their um, perspective. So yes. that's really good. And those are the sorts of things that I share with people who do come to me, and I just tell them about those things, different herbs that they can try for sure. Yeah, you said marshmallow root is one. What are some others that people could possibly try? Uh, well, holy basil, I'm going to go back to that one. Holy basil is just awesome and actually resets the endocrine system which is so helpful for the endocannabinoid system because they work in conjunction Um, and it also helps with hormones um, it helps with inflammation and there's actually people who say that it rivals marijuana and its effectiveness you can smoke it um, you can ingest it as a tea 
um, you know, it's just, it's really effective for a lot of different things, but particular inflammation. If you juice, if you juice the fresh plant, it's really good for you, too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And where can people find, like, is this the kind of basil that's just in the, the grocery store, or is a special order? Well, it's a Tulsi, or holy basil is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you pretty much have to grow it. You, you, can, you can buy the herb, of course, uh, from herb places, herb stores. Like our herb business, we have an herb business, Organic Plant Power, on Instagram. Um, and we sell the teas on there. You can also purchase teas, you know, um, like plainer teas. Uh, we, we infuse our teas or mix them with other herbs like the marshmallow root to give you more of a, um, give your entire body benefit. Um, but you can get just a plain Tulsi, holy basil, like natural grocer, whole foods, um, any of those places because it's, it's so helpful for your body. I can't even begin to say how much of a difference it's made in our entire family's life since we, you know, started drinking holy basil uh, daily. You know, my kids also have symptoms, and so it really helps them, too, a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And as far as your business goes, um, is it just on Instagram as of right now, where people can DM you to purchase, or do you guys have a website? Uh, just on Instagram right now is... Okay. Find that's a really good avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you said that was at, um, what was the name of the Instagram where they can organic, find it? Organic. It's Organic Plant Power. All right. So, um, yeah, you guys, I'm actually really interested in maybe trying some of these and just seeing, you know, the effects. I'm really trying to look into more natural stuff because I found that, you know, everybody's seen a pharmaceutical commercial at the end. And you're like, yeah, I may not have a headache, but I'm going to like bleed out of my eyes for a while. So, um, <laughs> you know, they all have those side effects. So I'm trying to get away from that. <laughs> Most I can. Some of that stuff is downright scary. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I may not be depressed, but I'll just die because my liver is bleed dead. So that's fine. <laughs> Actually, I thought what was really funny was the Botox commercial I heard recently that's supposed to be to help your uh, migraines, but then it might possibly give you a headache. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that didn't yeah, work. Disclaimer at the end. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh, I love those. Yeah. Oh, I know. I listen for them every time. My uh, husband and I, we always listen for the side effects after, because they're just ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, they are. Sometimes you gotta laugh so you don't cry. Exactly. Because you're like, oh, this is the way our, our people find normal, or most society finds normal. They're like, oh, Botox, that's just like, whatever to them. <laughs> to me, that's yeah, scary. Advertising has done a really good job at... Uh, putting people into the place where that's all they believe in, you know. Exactly. Advertising yeah. is uh yeah. it's a horrible thing. <laughs> exactly. I uh I find that it's uh advertising. If it wasn't for that then maybe people would not know about as much, but definitely advertising has taken over that market. Yeah. Which makes me so thankful for the cannabis community, really, because I feel like the cannabis community is like a huge walking advertisement for you know, how awesome cannabis is. I mean, I have so many friends that have so many different ailments, and I see them improving every single day. 
Exactly. You know, and that's just that's just wonderful. I love I love our community. Yes, our community is so, and that's why I'm glad that many more people are coming out and being kind of in the public and showing people that we're we're just regular people, you know, trying to help our own things, you know. And we still live regular lives, you know. I'm still a mom. You're still a mom. We still, you know, do our thing. We still go on. And it's not what people perceive stoners, I guess, to be, you know, which is lazy and not doing anything and all right. those other things. So. Yeah, we have too much to do to make our medicine to be lazy. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, finding all these people, I mean, going into dispensaries now, you know, I think the only good thing about going in to them is you see all sorts of different people. Just, I've seen teachers, I've seen doctors, I've seen, you know, uh, just your basic average veterans in there you know I've seen so many different people and it's nice every scope yeah every scope of life absolutely and it's and and if you just paid attention to society or what the media says you wouldn't believe that there's a kindergarten teacher in there or a veteran or you know any you wouldn't believe that so going in there and seeing it and being really in the community does help a lot Absolutely. Well, we live uh, close to uh, Fort Hood, which is the largest army post in the United States. And I have to tell you, it's we meet a lot of veterans, and I don't know too many that don't consume. Yeah. Most of them, most of them do that we meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of you know most of the people I see in dispensaries are older veterans, and you know I find it crazy that. You know, it's the government that's always pushing, but it's the people that are protecting the government and this country who do it the most, and they're not allowing even them <laughs> to have it, you know? I know. Yeah. Right, and they need help the most. I mean, our soldiers come home with so many different ailments because of all the chemical exposures that they've been, you know, exposed to, and, you know, they come home with so many different diseases, and those diseases pass on to their kids so the only way to really stop that cycle is really cannabis exactly. at least in my opinion <laughs> exactly I agree with that and mental health too I mean I'm sure if they go overseas or you know even our, our war now it's just it's too much for the, the human mind to me that's just too much to go from a regular life to being in a war zone you know it's too much absolutely and yeah. I yeah I know myself, I haven't been through anything as that traumatic, but even having the anxiety that I have, just smoking a bowl takes that down. So I imagine, you know, our veterans with PTSD and stuff, I'm sure that helps a lot for them, just to be able to calm their mind down. Absolutely does. I think my dad would understand it more um, if he were alive today from that aspect. Absolutely. I think that... When I was older, the discussions we had about cannabis were that he didn't think cannabis was good because he had seen soldiers who would smoke something and not come back. Mm-hmm. So um, when he was in Vietnam, so I think that that was his perspective of cannabis. But then again, at the same time, over there, they laced a lot of stuff yeah. into the cannabis. It wasn't just cannabis. Mm-hmm. 
so you know that was his perspective and I think that's why he was like you know not okay with drugs but honestly I think if he had seen you know before my stepmom passed away of liver cancer she was willing to take RSO yeah but we couldn't afford to get it for her and um, so I think that if he was alive today and if he had seen the difference that it has made in my life and in our lives I think he'd be okay with it I really do because yeah, it has made a huge difference over the last couple of years. Um, CeCe's gone from being in a wheelchair. Uh, we actually gave the wheelchair away last year, uh, donated to somebody else because she had improved so much that she didn't need it anymore. Wow. And that was basically just from taking RSO, you know, the... <clears throat> The cannabis oil, the whole plant oil, you know, with THC and CBD. Rick Simpson style, where he recommends um, a high indica, which usually has more CBDs in it. Yeah, yeah, just and doing mm-hmm. that every day, and for a long time, she was taking about a gram a day, and that's actually what did the most improvement. Wow. Um, yeah, over that period of time. Wow, that's Taking great. a gram and smoking a gram. I think at that time I was taking a gram and smoking a gram um, because we could afford it then, you know, with the prices in Texas. Um, the prices here are just astronomical for flour. Oh, yeah. And that's what we need to make the RSO. We make everything ourselves, but, um, you know, it's... It's difficult sometimes, but we do the best we can, and I medicate as much as I can. Yeah, for yeah. sure, and I can understand, mm-hmm. you know, he's making those strides. You want to keep going. I've seen so many programs of people just, you know, going through these big changes, but because of the price, they just had to stop. You know, I don't know if you guys ever seen a show called Lita Kit, but um, there was a, a woman who... <clears throat> I can't remember what de- disease she had, but her family had was living in kind of like an RV in Colorado, and they had moved from Texas as well, and um, just to medicate, just to get like CBD to help, and I believe it was actually for her daughter. I believe her daughter had like some kind of epilepsy, if I remember correctly, and um, they ended up having to move back to Texas, and they couldn't help her anymore, and she was getting even more sick, and but you know it was either being homeless or going back to Texas where they could get a job and they had family and stuff. And I find that extremely sad that you know it's not at least medicinally legal everywhere. You know, to me it should be recreational and medicinal, but you know it's sad that people have to you know, go through these extremely hard times just to improve their health and well-being. Well, that's what we have to deal with with the Republican legislature here in Texas. <laughs> yeah. We're hoping that they're going to pass some legislature at this, this time, but, you know, we don't have ballot initiative like a lot of other states. Here, it's uh, the legislature pretty much decides. Um... Uh, we do have several bills on the docket, though, so, you know, hopefully something will pass, but even if it's just decrim, yeah. decriminalization would be, you know, decent. Um, I, you know, I kind of have held out, uh, hoping for plants, but I'm not, 
I'm not 100% sure that we can still get those because I feel like they messed up so much last year. Yeah. With, uh, with that, but, um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully decrim at least. Yeah, it's like you got to start somewhere. I mean, yes. I think uh, nobody in a million years thought California would be recreational when they just went there. So, you know, it's it's moving slowly, but I hope by the time that, you know, my, my son's one now, but I hope by the time he's my age and if he goes through any mental health or anything else, any other kind of issues that he's able to go to just a regular doctor and they can just prescribe him some kind of marijuana and that'll be better for him in the long run than half of the stuff that's out there right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. I keep saying that about our kids, too, is that, you know, when my kids are are my age, I'm hoping that this would be so much easier for them, you know? Yeah. and Definitely. Even if people don't want to, you know, go there with cannabis, I mean, a lot of people don't even don't understand that they're CBD, which is non-psychoactive so you know you get the same medical benefits you just don't feel high but a lot of people don't even know those type of things so it's a lot of education that needs to happen well yeah but you know i've had plain cbd before Mm -hmm. just plain cbd tincture and no thc and it has messed me up so much that i went to sleep it knocked me out I was how, how I, I, I have a little bit of an issue with the term psychoactive, uh-huh. <laughs> simply because the the doctors have a terminology for psychoactive, which is anything that basically um, changes your your pers- no, not perspective your your persona, uh-huh. anything that sort of changes you a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. changes your outlook on things or anything CBD does that so how is that not psychoactive that's true so I, I just I have a, a little bit of an issue with that because right now okay technically I was the first Huntington's patient to consume cannabis oil that we know of uh-huh. um, we can say that because we, I was kicked out of Huntington's groups on Facebook for promoting that I thought that faith that cannabis was the cure that we were all looking for. Okay, because the community, the Huntington's community is just they are very saddened by what happens to their families because it's it's inheritable and um, so that means that not only is it your parent that has it, but it's also your child. So it destroys entire families. Mm-hmm. So um, when I came along people were just told that pharmaceuticals were the thing. And so then I was kicked out. Well, recently, um, a couple of um, young children who have juvenile Huntington's disease have started on CBD. And it's working for them, which is so wonderful. I'm so happy for their families. And I see other people in the Huntington's community starting to do that because um, CBD is touted as non-psychoactive therefore it couldn't possibly hurt you but THC in the same manner if it if it THC doesn't knock me out but CBD does well, THC knocks out some people but CBD doesn't I mean how can you say which one is psychoactive and which one is best according to the research that's coming out of Spain um, THC is best for Huntington's 
Um, but CBD is still working for some people, and that's wonderful. It's just that they haven't researched everything as much as they need to. I guess the point that I just want to make is that THC is no more, no more, it's not any more psychoactive than CBD is. And I just want to point that out because I think when people see me smoking and they see THC when they see me smoking, you know, and that, that I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a drug addict because I prefer THC over CBD, but really I prefer THC high in CBDs. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it just, I just wanted to make that point because that really has affected me a lot. THC is not bad. It's, it's the whole plant that helps. Yeah. Not, just, not just certain components of the plant. It's the whole plant that helps. We believe in synergy, and that's actually what happened, I think, we were trying to legalize a couple years ago, is that they came in and they legalized only CBD, and it, it, it split a lot of people, because a lot of people think that one is better than the, than the other, and I just don't believe that. We don't believe that. We think the entire plant is so important. We believe in full plant extract. Absolutely. For sure, yeah, I've Sorry never thought of it. Oh no, <laughs> no, I like that. I like hearing stuff like that because you know I'm semi new to this whole thing too, and learning from you know people like yourself and learning that you know, yeah, CBD helps, but you know it's the whole plant. You know, I never thought there was a difference in which one's bad or good. You know, I know a lot of people do it based off of children more. You know, because they believe CBD won't make them high or they don't want to make them high or, you know, anything like that. But I think it, it does. I've smoked CBD and it gave me the same kind of feeling as THC. You know, not as much, not as elevated, but it was the same thing, you know. And I, I like that you guys say that, that, you know, it's not any, THC is not the big bad wolf compared to CBD. You know, and it's all good. The whole plan is good. And if we did take the whole plan, I mean, I just found out recently that if you actually ate the marijuana leaves themselves, like that's good for you too. Like the whole plant is just amazing. It is. It's wonderful juice as well. It's really helpful. I've I've actually had the um, <laughs> I'm so grateful and thankful to been able to juice at least one plant. Um, you know. Uh, a couple years ago when I said we wanted to move to Colorado, people were like, well, how do you know? How do you know it's going to work for you? You don't know until you get there and then you're there and then what? Mm -hmm. So we decided to try it. So we grew one plant <laughs> last summer and I juiced it and I happened to juice it the day of a seizure and it was awesome. Oh. It felt so much better. Yeah, that's great. And, and I think, you know, hearing you and talk about your experiences are great and I'm glad that you're getting better hopefully and going and progressing and I really hope you guys meet your goal to move to Colorado. You guys deserve all the best. Well thank you so much Nicole. We really appreciate you and everyone who supports us. Yes, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we love all the love from the community and it just it makes us feel like we're hugged 
every yes. time we go on Instagram, you know, it's just wonderful. Yes, Instagram is a beautiful community. And um, you guys, again, go to their GoFundMe. What was that um, website for the GoFundMe again, or the link? It's www.gofundme.com. Uh, crusade for cannabis for CC. All right, you guys, and I'll have that in the show notes so you guys can click through, and um, you guys can find them at Mrs. Smokey McSmokerson on Instagram, and you can find Bill at uh, McSmokerson, correct? Yes. Yes, that's right. All right. And you guys, thank you again for doing the show. I appreciate it. It was lovely talking to you guys. You guys are the sweetest. So thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And you guys, um, as always, you can find me at Nicole Cush 218 Like I said at the beginning, go to the show website, zendoutpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. And um, we have an Amazon banner at the top of our website. You click through that banner, order all the things you need, and um, a little bit of the proceeds go to us, but it doesn't cost you anything. And if you don't want to go to Amazon, then we also have Smoke Cartel, which you can click through there, and again, it doesn't cost you anything, but you help out the show a little bit. Also, you can subscribe to Zend Out Podcast Network, where you can check out all the other shows, including this one, Stoner Origins, Bailey and Sessions, or Lit Pam. Um, you can start about on iTunes or SoundCloud. So you guys, as always, stay zen and stay lit.